Pastor Gary and Kimberly are not here at church today, but we have a special speaker for you all today. They will be back next week, but for today, we have an amazing man that's here, a part of our church community. He is an usher here that serves faithfully. He doesn't just attend, but he amps it up, and he's involved in our dream team here at Spectrum Church. He is a small group leader. He doesn't just attend a small group. He's taken it upon himself to lead a group of people along with his wife. He's a father, he's a husband, he's a grandfather. I see pictures of his little one every single Sunday because he's so obsessed. Any other grandparents here? Yes, the grandparent life I heard is like apparently the best life, you know, but I'll see you when I get there. I'm liking my life right now. Well, anyway, today we have Mario Portillo. I wanna welcome you up. We're just so grateful for you. Let's give him a big round of applause. Thank you so much for being here with us. Love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brittany. Yeah, as Brittany said, you know, Pastor Gary and Pastor Kimberly, you know, they do an awesome job in this church, and, you know, it's a good time for them to take a day off and, and relax and refresh themselves, right? Because everybody needs a little refreshing. Everybody needs a little rejuvenation, and, you know, and we're just, we're blessed in this church to have them and, and blessed to have people, uh, just, uh, blessed to have people to, uh, that will, uh, there you go. I usually do this every Sunday, so that's okay. So, <laughs> That's okay. So anyways, but yeah, we're just blessed to have people that step in and, and you know, the band was great. You know, they did a great job. Amen. They had a great job this morning. And so Pastor Gary asked me to give the word this morning. And so, you know, I, I was blessed to do it and I've done it before and I'll do it again and I'll do whatever they ask us to do because they're just a wonderful couple that lead this church. Amen. 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 So I'm going to get right into it. You know, the, the title of our message or my message this morning is uh, Our Identity in Christ. And when I first started this message, I actually started it as your identity in Christ, you. But as I started putting pen to paper, or actually fingers to keyboard, the Lord spoke to me and said, it's not just their identity in Christ, it's yours too. It's mine, it's mine. So collectively, we all have a different identity in Christ, amen? So it's not just me speaking to you, or you speaking to somebody else, it's all of us collectively, together. We have an identity in Christ. We have an identity that comes from, uh, from things that, that shape us and change us, you know, and if, for any of you, in this last two years, we've all gone through something, right? These last two years, if anything, if, if you know anything, we've made some things that have happened in our life, you know, people have, have had a lot of anxiety and, and, and depression and some, you know, you, you hear people quitting their jobs and mental illness and things like that, you know, and the things that have happened in these last two years, you know, ha have been out of our control. It really has. However, what is in our control is the way that we can take on a different identity in Christ and we can use the situations and the experiences that we are actually in as, as a jumping off point. You know, people, unfortunately, we have identity crises, right? We are human. We tend to think outside of ourselves, right? We don't allow God to work in us the way that he just wants to work. We think that sometimes we're smarter than God, but I'm sorry to say we're not. God takes, takes care of everything. So, you know, things that happen in our life that, 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 that stress us out, that are beyond our control, well, we need to make those changes. So I'm going to give you the definition of identity. And the definition of identity is who you are, the way you think about yourself, the way you are viewed by the world, and the characteristics that define you. You know, 
It's a very simple definition. There's not a whole lot of big words. Maybe characteristics is a big word. But, you know, people look at us differently, right? And they start making a, a, a definition of who you are. They view you, they define you by your circumstance, by things that you've done in the past, by things that, that you're gonna go through. And you, and you look at the, the, just a simple definition, you know, we take on what people say about us. We take on what people think about us. And there's a lot of people that will go through life and, and, and people will say, well, you know, uh, uh, you grew up this certain way, therefore you're going to be that way. And you go, oh, okay, I guess that's the way I'm going to be, right? Or your dad did this, your mom did that, and they always worked in this trade, and uh, okay, therefore that's what I'm going to do. And that becomes your identity. But, you know, we have an opportunity to create our own identity in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, you know, it, we do things in the world to assimilate to act as a part of something. You know, we always want to be uh, uh, included. We want to be included in things, and we want to be uh, uh, always a part of, of something that people, other, you see other people, are there. they appear to be happy, and maybe they are, and maybe they're not, but we always want to be included in that. You know, I can remember when I was younger, I wanted a, a different identity. I was just like in elementary school, you know, I wasn't, you know, wasn't all that popular. You start doing things, you go, you know, I can't wait until I get to middle school, right? I want to be a Granger Griffin. Oh, my God. I wanted to identify as a Griffin, right? That's right. Amen. There you go, Terry. You know, and then, you know, it wasn't what I expected. You know, I wanted to identify with a, with a group of people that, you know, it just wasn't what I expected. So ultimately, I go, well, you know what? In three years, I'm going to go to Sweetwater, and I'm going to identify as a Red Devil. Yeah, we were Red Devils. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. But, right? And I'm sure there's some barons in the room and some titans, right? There you go. That's right. Hey, they're here. Yeah. But, but no matter what, we all assimilate one place in one spot, and that's here in this church. Amen? You know? And ultimately, I went on to college, right? And I went to San Diego State for a minute, and I thought I was going to be an Aztec, you know? And there's Bruins in here. There's Trojans in here, right? I mean, that's right. They're all here, right? But ultimately, I never even graduated from San Diego State. Yeah, well, I ended up graduating. <laughs> I, I, I love my daughter, amen? <laughs> But, but I ended up graduating from the University of Redlands, right? And, you know, they're the bulldogs. And I never identified as a bulldog. I don't know. I don't know if that was the case, you know. But no matter what we do, we identify with the things that are around us. You know, we ultimately take on a profession to where we identify as a peace officer, a school teacher. Uh, you're in the military. Uh, you can be in the government. You, you know, whatever it is, you're a construction worker, and we take on those identities. But what I want to spend the rest of the 30 minutes I have here is I want to talk to you about the identity that we take on in Christ, okay? Because that's really where we really want to be defined. That's what I really want. Uh, that's the, really the characteristic that I want to take on. That's what I want to define me and my life. Amen? Amen. So our first scripture we've seen many times is 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you're in this church long enough, you probably see this scripture three times a year. But it's always a good jumping off point, and anybody can go in a different direction. But the scripture says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, I have it highlighted here. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, if we really believe this scripture... If we do believe that we can become in Christ something new, why do we continue to carry around all of our past things? 
Why do we continue to allow those things form us and define us in this world, around people, in our jobs? You know, we continue to allow those things that we did, that we just carry them around. Not only do we drag them, we carry them. We use them sometimes like a security blanket. And I'm like, well, Lord, you said that I am in Christ and all these things have passed away. Well, I do want to become new. I want to become new in Christ. Amen? Amen. So, you know, we want to make sure that our, our situation or our circumstance that we're in does not define us. I can guarantee you that while you're in Christ when, and when we change our mentality about that, we have the opportunity to make a whole different part of our life go into things that we never expected. Amen. Amen. So, you know, if we actually uh, did, if we do not believe in this, then this is not what God wanted for us. If we do not believe that we can become new, it's not what God intended us to, to do and to be. You know, we take on a, a certain thing, and if we don't, we submit to an authority that is contrary to what the Word of God says. And I know that if you're in this room and if you've read the Bible enough, you know that the authority of God is overall. Amen? Yes. Amen. So last week, we celebrated uh, Easter and you know, the songs just carried right on in this week, you know, a week after Easter, and we celebrated it, and, and, and we celebrated not only the, the death but the, and the burial, but the resurrection of Jesus, amen? And in doing so, we acknowledge what he did for us. We acknowledge that he died for our sins, that he went to the cross, and that, and that what he did in, in dying for our sins, he died for every one of our sins, past, present, and future, amen? Amen? So... In John 19.30, it says that, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. He bowed, and bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. You know, one of our, our very first songs, it said, it is finished, it is finished. How it just kind of came out, I was like, wow, you know, those script, my scriptures and the word that I had was in the songs that we had here, right? But when Jesus said, it is finished, there was nothing left. It was finished, it was finished, and what we don't want to do is we don't want to deny that. We don't want to deny the victory that Jesus did at the cross. We don't want to deny what he did for us. Uh, we want to actually accept it. We want to embrace it. We want to receive it, amen? We want to receive it the way he wanted us to do. You know, in Matthew, it says that at the moment that the veil was, that at the, at the moment that he gave up the spirit, the earth shook. The earth shook, the veil was torn, and it said that all things became different. You know, for those of you that were here on Good Friday, we had a phenomenal Good Friday service. Amen? Do you remember that Good Friday service? Well, when we walked in, we were all given this little card. For those of you that weren't here and don't know what this is, we were all given a little card. And on the back of this card, it says, Jesus took my, and there's three Three dashes on it, right? There's three dashes. And we were supposed to write what Jesus took to the cross for us. And we had this big old cross. It was here last week, but we, have a, we had a big old cross right here. And then once we wrote down what Jesus took to the cross for us, we took a pen and we stuck it face out so that everything that we put on the back was on the cross. We gave it to Jesus. Amen? Well... When I first started writing on this thing, the pen that we were given, my pen did not write. And so I was like, Lord, 
I've got more than, first of all, I got more than three things I got to put on this card, right? <laughs> this card just did not have enough lines on the back for what Jesus took to the cross for me. All right, he took from me way more. Now, especially at the, almost the age of 58, believe me, I needed, basically I needed a list and, you know, like page one, page two kind of thing, right? But anyways, I took my pen and I finally figured, okay, three things, the top three, right? And I started writing on my card, but my pen did not write. Like the ink did just not flow. And so I did like everybody else, right? You get a light, white piece of paper and you do a little squiggly, right? You do a little squiggly, right? Until the ink comes out and you go, oh, my pen works. Then I go to write on my card and all I got was a little, like, I couldn't write. I couldn't write what was on there, right? So there I go back to the paper, squiggly, right? A little squiggly until the pen, the ink comes out. And I don't know if that happened to many of you. I don't know. I, you know, I asked, I actually asked my wife. I said, hey, babe. I said, I can't write down what's on, you know. And she says, you know, babe, God already knows. God already knows what you want to write down on this list. God knows what Jesus took to the cross for you. Amen? Amen. And, you know, in our Bible study, as Brittany said, you know, we, we, we host a Bible study in our home. We're currently studying Isaiah. And we're actually right about the point we're in Isaiah 45. But back in Isaiah 43, it talked about Jesus blotting out, blotting, the word blotting out our sins. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, here I am trying to write down what Jesus took to the cross. And he's blotting it out before I can even write it. He's blotting it out before I can even put it down. Amen. And because it's gone. Because when he said, is it finished? It is finished. Amen. Amen. So. So the best part about this card is that when we put it face out and put everything on here, on the back, it says, I am forgiven, I am delivered, I am redeemed, and I am free. Amen. Amen. These are the identities that we take on when we identify in Christ. When we, take, we change what we've given and what he's given for us, and we put it on him, we can now claim this. Amen. So it doesn't matter what we're going through in this world. It doesn't matter where we are. But I can tell you this. When we, no matter what we go through in this world, we are going to go through things in this world, but we cannot allow these things to go through us. Amen? Because I tell you, when that happens, sometimes things stick. And you don't want nothing to stick. What we want to go through, what we want to, what, the things that we go through in this world, we just want to pass them on through. We don't want them all over us. They don't want them to go through us. Amen? Because I'm here to tell you that we now have the authority. We have the authority in Jesus to stand up to the enemy, look him straight in the eye, and tell him, no, I am, I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am blessed and highly favored. Amen? I am chosen, I have been redeemed, and I am free. Amen. amen. If you believe that, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. And ultimately, that becomes our identity. That becomes the identity. In Romans 3.23, it says that, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It goes on in 24 to say, Being justified, justified, not guilty. Justified, the, re, the word justified, not guilty, freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith. 
Propitiation. That's a big word. Now, that's a big word, right? Now, I'll give anybody a donut if you could tell me what the definition is of propitiation. No? <laughs> oh, the, the, the donuts are free. Don't worry about it. Okay, so you don't have to worry about it. But propitiation. You know, that I'll be honest. The first time I heard that word, I thought the pastor was swearing. I thought he said something that I wasn't supposed to hear, or I don't know what. I was paying attention to the message. I was following along, and it's like it just had so many letters. Started with a P, had a T in the middle, and at the end, I'm like, and a shun. I'm like, whoa, what did he say, right? Now I don't know about any of you. Is this any of you your first time you've ever seen that word propitiation? For some people, it is. Yeah, I asked my wife that yesterday, and it and it was, and, and it can be, you know, and 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 it, it's a big word, and it's a word that. That I'm going to give you a definition of because I actually did not, when I heard it, I was just kind of blown away. I didn't understand what it was. But a propitiation is the act of gaining or regaining the favor or goodwill of someone or something. So the word said that, that whom God sent forth as a propitiation, which was Jesus. He sent Jesus as a propitiation. He sent him before us. Now, yes, he died on the cross and he became our sin sacrifice. And yes, he took all of our sins away. But in doing so, he also went before God to act and regain that goodwill that God had set forth for us. Because we, not we here, but the first people, Adam and Eve, they were the first sinners. Amen. And unfortunately, they ruined it for all of us. Right. But but Jesus said, he raised his hand and said, Father, I'll stand in the gap for all of them. I'll go before you and I will appease you. Basically, that's another, another addition to this is to appease. I will appease you, Father, for them. I will voluntarily go. Because, you know, our God, he's a loving God. He's a holy God. But he's also a God of some wrath, right? Because he wants things the way he wants them. You know, as I said about our Bible study, we're currently studying Isaiah. And if you know anything about Isaiah, it's 66 long books, right? It's 66 long. It takes 66 weeks of Bible study to go through a whole book in Isaiah. And I'm telling you, about the first 40 chapters, it's nothing but a bunch of wrath. It's a bunch of, you know, it's how the children of Israel turned their backs on God, how they allowed their pride to get in their way, and all the destruction that went on. But in doing so, and all that time, there was always a remnant that was left behind. That's one thing that I keep stressing to our people. There was always a remnant that was left behind in those times that kept on carrying on the word of God, because God ultimately knew he was going to turn it all around. Amen. And he was going to turn it all around for them. But as, and as you do that, uh, God, or Jesus, you know, he wants us, or God wants us to be obedient. He wants us to be obedient to him. And it's okay, I'm telling you right now, it's okay as a parent to discipline your children. Because God disciplines us. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah, amen. That's right. It's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we still love him, right? And God disciplines us with love. So here we are, we talked about justified in, in, in verse 24. We are justified. The word justified means not guilty, not guilty. All sins forgiven, our record wiped clean. You know, I want to be identified with someone who has my record wiped clean. Amen? Amen. So if you guys were here last week, we heard an awesome, inspiring testimony from Jack. 
he came up here and just laid it all out on the line. For those of you that heard it, and maybe it was the first time, you didn't catch it last year while it was online, but, it, you know, you have, to, you, have to, you have to give him. You know, you have to give it to him for coming up here and laying it out and telling you what he went through. And you know what? If you were here back in December, JP gave his testimony as well. It was almost along the same similar lines. And if you could think about just those two guys in, the, in, in just the church that you're in, there's probably more of us that have that same type of testimony or that has not been given the opportunity to be so bold and speak it out. But, you know, those two, I don't know, and, and many of you, if your actual record has been uh, expunged or wiped clean, but I can guarantee you that in Christ, your record has been wiped clean. Amen? I can guarantee you that God has forgiven everything. That, that justification that it says back in, in verse 24, or verse 20, uh, no, where was it at? Uh, uh, yeah, verse 24, being justified. Being justified. Being justified, not guilty. That is for you, and that is for me, each and every day, if we have the ability to live in Christ. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go into Romans, Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. No condemnation. That means no condemning principles or properties to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk, however, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This Scripture is a two-part scripture. There's not a period over there. It's a comma. Okay? And so a lot of times people like to put a period because they like what it says up here. Hey, look, there's no condemnation in Christ. Amen. No. But it says, who do not walk according to the flesh. You know, this is an if and statement. This is an if and scripture. You know, and we tend to take the if and not the and, because I like what it says up front, but I don't like what it says in the back, right? Well, last week, Pastor Gary, he read a, uh, a, a very famous scripture, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, right? But he went into verse 17, he went into verse 17, and we have to read a little bit farther beyond in verse 17, because verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in these words, if, if, you, have, if you actually read from a, a Bible, not a, not a tablet or whatever, I have a red-letter Bible. I have a red letter Bible and I love my red letter Bible because the red letters are all the words of Christ. Amen. And so you can tell when Jesus is speaking or when some uh, uh, writer of, of the book is speaking or not. You know, um, like I said, in Isaiah, we're reading Isaiah and sometimes Isaiah, who is a prophet, he starts speaking. But then he starts saying, Thus says the Lord, and then he goes into what the Lord was speaking. And sometimes we, we, we're, we're reading through our Bible study, and we get a little confused, right? But if you ever read that Bible, you just, there's no confusion. You get the words of Jesus right there. And what he does here in his, in, in, when he's speaking is he puts two things together. He puts condemnation and salvation together. Because what he came here to do, he came with a purpose. 
Jesus came with a purpose. He came, one, to save us, but also to assure us that, that we are not condemned. Amen? And we want no condemnation. You know, back in Romans, Paul was writing to the Jews that were in Rome at the time. These Jews came from and started a new church uh, in Rome after Pentecost, after the days of Pentecost. And he, he went and he came and he was writing to them specifically. You know, Paul, he had a lot of different writings. And if you have an opportunity to read his books, he had different writings and he wrote specifically to each people at the time based on the circumstances that they were going through at the time. Like I said before, we're all going through some kind of circumstance here, right? We're all going through, and if anything has shown us the last two years, it has really enhanced and increased some of the circumstances that we were going through. But when Paul wrote to, when Paul wrote to the Jews in Rome, they ha you have to get a little bit of history going on. They didn't think too much about anybody else except for themselves, even though they were Christians. They didn't think too much about uh, women, about themselves, uh, or the Gentiles, or slaves, or anything else. They were always in their own mind, and, you know, it's hard to, to imagine that would go on. I mean, even that tends to go on even right now, right? We have people that think differently about other people. I mean, we're in the year 2022, and a lot of that still exists. But mentalities have changed over time, and Paul, he says that we have all become one, he says, we have all become one. And as we go to Galatians 3.26, he says, uh, 3.26, Galatians 3.26, if we can get that. If not, uh, it says in Galatians 3.26, it says, for all our sons, there you go, for all our sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, all our sons so we are all. So it doesn't matter. You know, Pastor Gary loves to say, and we are, we are a multi-generational, multi-racial, multi-age. We take everybody in in this church because we all become one, right? We are all sons of God. We are all sons of God. We have all come together. And wow, you know, it, it, it's wonderful to know that because there are divisions in this world. And we have to break down those walls. And when we are all in Christ together... We all come together and we all have, get to have the same perception. And those characteristics that define us, they all become one. We all become one part of a collective. Amen? Amen. So, sons of God through Christ. Paul says here, you know, this gives us also a special relationship with the Father. It gives us a relationship with the Father that we can now go to Jesus, who is always acting as our intermediary. Amen. He's always sitting there. He's risen to the, sit at the right hand of the Father. We can go to him through Jesus, and he sits there, like I said earlier, as our propitiation. You know, the Bible goes on to say in verse 27, that for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's a lot of words here, or not too many, but it, it, it's a pretty specific thing. You know, Paul is saying here that if we are baptized by faith into Jesus, we are fully immersing ourselves in him. You know, we talked about next week we're going to have baptisms, and we, we believe that baptism is not a sprinkle of water. It's not just a dipping of your toe. It's a full immersion, right? 
that you completely go down, a full immersion. And that's what the baptism is going to represent there. And we're going to have that next week. But in this scripture, Paul's saying that if we are baptized into Christ, then we have to have a full immersion. We have to go all the way. There's no toe dipping with Jesus. There's no keeping one foot in one and one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It's an all or nothing hit. Amen. That's right. We have to give it all, you know, because I'm sure we know some people that like to just dip their toe over here and then dip their toe over there. And they think, OK, well, I'm OK still. I'm a Christian. I haven't really gotten damaged or hurt anymore, so I can dip my toe back over here and then I'll dip my toe over there. Right. We know people like that. And that's not what that's not what, what it was sent to be. It, it was said we we're supposed to be fully immersed. And then. The words to put on Christ, it goes a little further, to put on Christ, is really, that comes from a translation. That's a translation to put on Christ. It really came from, during the translation, in the translation, like putting on some clothes, like putting on a suit, okay, to put on Christ. So if you really think about it, when we put on Christ, it's like when we're putting on like a, like a hoodie. And you, when you pull over a hoodie, you know, it, you take on that Everything is like it covers up everything, it covers your arms, covers your legs, covers your neck, right? It just you put it on. And so when we put on that, remember earlier when I when I talked about my schools going from one school to another, I had every red and gray sweatshirt, every hat, every sweats. You know, I couldn't wait until I, you know, gym class. I had my gray shirt with a red emblem. I won't tell you what the emblem was, but it was an emblem at Sweetwater, right? And, yeah, and I had my gray sweats, right? But but we put on that identity as a person of your school, right? And then you go on to college, your kids go to college. I mean, have you ever seen parents' closets nowadays or kids are in sports? They got every purple, yellow, orange sweatshirt, hat, jacket, socks, right? It's because you put on that identity, right? But you put it on. Well, the scripture says here is that for as many of you as were baptized, that's us, if we're baptized in Christ, then we need to put on Christ. Amen? So that's like clothing ourselves with Jesus. That's like putting it all over us, right? Right. So we find here in the scriptures that by faith, we find our identity in Christ. Right? We find our identity in Christ. You know, Paul, he wrote the majority of the New Testament, like I said earlier. He wrote the majority of the New Testament uh, he, uh, he wrote on many different topics. If you have an opportunity, read uh, Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians. Paul, he writes to all these people with many, many, many different things, that, of the things that they were going through. And the things that they were going through um, was, was very specific. We are going through some very specific things right now in our life. People are, are having some issues, identity crisis, and we want to make sure that, that, that we show them a love, right? Because when, we, when people see us and we're clothed with Christ, they should be able to see Jesus just coming right out of us the minute we walk up. Amen? When they're going through troubles and they're going through trials, we should be able to comfort them the same way Jesus would comfort them. And they should be able to see it coming right out of us. Because if we are clothed in Christ, 
it should be all over us. You know, I know that uh, a, a lot of people are, are, are saying, well, you know, I've done some things in the past and I've done some things that are bad and I'm accepting Christ, but I don't know if, it, if, if, if it's really, you know, if, 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 it's, if it's really taking with me, I guarantee you, you got to spend some time in it. You got to, it just, it, it, yes, it can be an overnight change, but I guarantee you, the more you, the more repetition, the more time you spend in prayer, in study, in Christ, the more it becomes second nature. You know, it's like driving a car. Now you just kind of get in the car. And the other day I, I got in a car that had a key. I was like, what the heck is that? How did I get into a car that had a key? I'm used to just getting in and pushing the button, right? And it was just one of my work trucks. And I'm thinking, wow, how did that happen? You know, but it was a little bit older, right? So I had to, I had to use a key, right? But you get into a repetition, you get into a pattern. And when you get into that pattern in Christ and you take on what Christ has given you, you actually, you have the ability to stand up to people and tell them, like I said earlier, that I am forgiven. I was chosen. I have been forgiven. I am, I am justified, right? So I want to close with this uh, a little. And I know that when people say I'm going to close, that's really the starting point, right? It's like, no, don't start making reservations for breakfast. Don't start putting your Bible away. But I, I, I am really, right? I mean, you've you heard preachers do that, right? They go, hey, I'm going to close with this. And you're like, oh, wow, 20 minutes later, I thought he was going to close. But no. If we've been a Christian... If we've been a Christian any period of time, yeah, yeah, come on. If we've been a Christian any period of time, the clock's running, so. If we've been a Christian any period of time, long or short, if we've, you know, if we're young or old, uh, we've heard messages, we've read scriptures, we've uh, watched TV programs, uh, we read books on, on Christianity, and we've heard a lot of things, but, you know, this morning, I just wanted to kind of give you a little vision of, of how we can change our identity, how our identity in, in Christ can change if we allow it to happen within our life. You know, we can now claim the things that I said earlier. We can claim that I am forgiven, that I am redeemed, I am free, I am justified, remember? Not guilty, justified. I am not condemned, you know? And that now I am one of the believers of Christ within a family, within a group, within a collective. Amen. You know, this being just a week after celebrating Easter, um, we've had a lot of words about salvation, about Jesus going to the cross. And, you know, I think it kind of carried right on in, you know, along with this message that how our identity can change as we change the characteristics of our life that ultimately define us. You know, we do need to make that change. You know, sometimes we do things and people do things that act contrary to what the word says. And people look at us and tell us and describe to us the things that are contrary. But that's not how we want to find how we want to do that. We want to allow God's word to define us. Amen. We want God to show us what our identity is. We want to uh, uh, just just be, as we said earlier, you know, the, we talked about the definition of identity, and it's, it's who you are. It's who you think about, how you think about yourself. You know, when we're in Christ, we should think more about ourselves than what we allow ourselves. We shouldn't beat ourselves down so much. 
You know, we are a chosen people. We are a bigger people. With Christ in us, we can survive anything that we come that it goes or it comes our way. You know, we need to be able to be defined differently, and our identity needs to change. Amen. Because we need to be able to allow ourselves to put on the back of that card and put it and lay it at the cross. Now, if you weren't here a couple Fridays ago, you can go home. You can make yourself your own little piece of paper. You can sit with your Bible if you want, and you can write a few things down. Maybe just pray and say, Lord, you know, I thank you for the things that you've taken to the cross for me. I give it to you now. I give it to you now, and I pray, and I pray in, you know, in your name. You know, this, this card, it actually had a scripture. It was 2 Corinthians 5.21. It said, for he made him who knew no sin to be the sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, that we would become righteousness of God in him. Right standing is what righteousness is, that we would become right standing with God in him. And you, like I said, you can take this, uh, or you don't, we don't have any more, but you would go home, do it for yourself, have an opportunity to just have a time with the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for justifying me. Give him praise for all that. Thank you for, for healing me. Thank you for being with me each and every day. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for getting me out of that jail cell, if that's what it was. Amen? Because, you know, like I said, those testimonies were powerful. And there's a lot of powerful testimonies among you. Amen? And in Christ we have this. So, the last thing I want to leave you with is that Christ, Christ is in us by his spirit, but we are in Christ by our faith. Amen? So Christ, Christ in us by his spirit, and we are in Christ by our faith. So like we, we always like to do each and every Sunday is we like to allow you to have an opportunity to receive the Lord if you have never received the Lord. We'll, uh, in a few moments, I'll ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and, uh, and we're just going to go into a simple prayer. We're going to pray together, collectively, and if you, and if you online um, uh, want to receive the Lord, just slip your hand up, and we'll just, we'll just have a simple prayer together, amen? So if you bow your head and close your eyes, and if it's you right now, I say one, two, three, just raise your hand if you want to receive the Lord. Amen. Amen. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. You can put that down. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you online, if you raise your hand, just repeat after me. You know, we're going we're gonna to say this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I recognize I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in my heart and confess with my lips that you sent your Son to die for my sins and that you rose again and sits at the right hand. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins and change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. What we do, we stand up and we give glory. Stand up and clap. Clap really loud. Clap really loud for those individuals. Amen. Because you know what? There are angels rejoicing.